Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. Welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. Today we are talking about caregiver fatigue. We actually had someone write in and ask for this and we were all like, yes, this should be addressed because it is an often overlooked form of burnout, right? Because you'll have like compassion fatigue that comes with healthcare professionals and mental health professionals and then you'll have so much around self-care and motherhood, but there's very little that I've seen about caregiver fatigue. And so we kind of just wanted to address it today, right now. Let's get into it. Yeah. To piggyback off of that, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how this is just different in the sense of like the three of us are young moms And there's a lot of burnout and a lot of fatigue with that, but it kind of has a different feel because it's like you can see some hope for things shifting and that, okay, if my child's really not sleeping well, well, I have hope that that will shift as my child gets older, that kind of thing. But when you're caring for somebody who has a disability or is elderly or maybe has a chronic illness it can feel a little hopeless as far as like, when am I going to feel some relief? Because it is a long lasting thing. And I actually texted my mom before coming on to record this because I think I've mentioned in a previous episode or two that my dad has MS. He's had MS since, well, he's been diagnosed since I was three. And my mom is his caregiver. And I texted her and I just said, hey, mom, like we're going to be talking about caregiver fatigue. What do you think people need to know? And I'll get into some of that a little bit later, but um, it's been really interesting watching her kind of have this life path where it wasn't planned. There's not really a way to prepare yourself for it when someone you know has something happen or... um, you know, suddenly you need to take care of someone full-time. And I think, like Jessica said, this is often overlooked. And I don't know that there are a ton of resources for this demographic. Uh, I Have you guys seen, like, group therapy for caregivers? Like, does that exist? No. I have seen an Instagram account. Oh, and I was like, oh, wow, there is, I'm so, I'm sure there are like places, but I have not heard of anyone like running a group unless you were, well, no, not even, I was going to say if you were in mm-hmm. um, like a um, nursing home, but even then they, the caregivers are no longer taking care of them. So I don't, yeah, maybe hospitals have some, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah not widely known resources though, apparently. No. Yeah. 
When I think there's a lot of guilt, I, I don't know, in terms of like group therapy or like people coming together. I, I don't know. There's a lot of – there's a ton of really good groups. I think of like bereaved parents groups and everything and people don't feel guilty for reaching out for that. But I feel like for caregiver fatigue, there is a level of guilt associated with that because the person that you're caring for in a caregiver's mind they could frame it as has it much worse than I do, you know, so why would I need support or, or, you know, empathy or sympathy or anything like that? Yeah. It feels a little complex. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when we've been asked about this, it's mostly been surrounding feeling conflicting emotions about it. So let's dig into how caregivers can make space for holding conflicting emotions and allowing themselves to be at peace with that. So you guys may remember that we did an episode on holding conflicting emotions together, um, and it was all around the word and, like I can feel guilt and love for someone that I care for. And I think it's really important to realize that there is no right or wrong when it comes to these emotions that arise during caregiving, it's okay to feel like this, oh, I really kind of wish that maybe my elderly father would die so that I don't have to take care of him anymore. Oh my gosh, I feel so guilty for having that thought. It's unbelievably cruel of me that I would wish my father to die. You know, that's a very difficult thing to hold, but you can also hold that while holding on to all of that love and respect that you have for your father. And realize that it's okay that it's kind of confusing and gray and really messy in that caregiving relationship. It's okay that it's hard to take care of someone in that place. And it's okay that it doesn't always feel comfortable and that sometimes you want relief and maybe sometimes you want a permanent relief. Mm -hmm. That person probably also wants permanent relief from whatever's going on, right? Because that's kind of a hard think about caregiving for someone who is struggling is that they are in a lot of ways aware of what's happening and also frustrated. And so then they might take that out on you. And it Mm -hmm. just, it is a really messy relationship and that's okay. And giving yourself the space to be able to feel what you need to feel fully and to process it in a safe place. So that's where if you need a therapist, then please go find a therapist. If you have a fellow friend who is also caregiving, that's a great place to discuss these kind of difficult emotions. And I think that you'll find that as you are more open and vulnerable with them, you'll find that other people are feeling them too. And you're not the only one who has this kind of like, I kind of feel guilty about this. Oh, I feel a little bit of shame about this or I'm feeling overwhelmed oh, I really loved having that extra time and there's just a lot going on, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think one way to look at this so that maybe it can be relatable for a lot of people is I think a lot of us will experience this at some point in our life when maybe we have elderly parents or somebody who, you know, is kind of approaching passing on. And kind of that relief that comes when that happens as far as like knowing they're no longer suffering or, Mm -hmm. you know, allowing you to kind of get some of your life back if you were caring for them a lot. And I think that that, I mean, that's a pretty common like Mm -hmm. life circumstance. And so just know that it like we will all probably at some point experience that conflicting 
a state of feeling guilt for that relief that comes. Mm-hmm. And just know if you have someone in your life that is a caregiver, that they're probably experiencing that on the regular. Mm-hmm like some of those really tough emotions and see what you can do to support them in that. Because like we talked about, I think this is a very overlooked population, very overlooked problem. So when I did therapy, I worked with foster parents um, and then parents who had adopted kids out of foster care. And this is a very different kind of caregiving because you're caring for someone who's young, but who is very high intensity, big problem behaviors, a lot of trauma, that kind of a thing. And I had many of these parents who I recommended that they come see me weekly in therapy. And some of them took me up on it and some of them didn't. And I loved having that kind of like a sacred hour where I could just listen to them vent about all of their hardships and all of their feelings towards their children, knowing that they loved them at the end of the day, but they needed to offload this really hard stuff, you know? And I think that it's so important that you can offer that to people who you know, who are in that position, but to make sure you like look around and notice who's in that position. It's not just, oh, so-and-so has their mother living with them. It can be, oh, their spouse has a chronic illness or, oh, their spouse is pregnant and can't stop throwing up and so they need help for a while you know or they're taking care of these really difficult kids and you can't just look at those people and say oh my gosh you're such a good person for doing this or you're just like a savior to them or whatever because that's what the foster parents would tell me was the hardest to hear because that's not help that's not support that's just like I'm not a better person because I'm doing this I'm doing this because I love this person but I need support to help me love them for a long amount of time. You know, you can mm-hmm. caregive for anyone for a little while, but that burnout does come. And so you need support along the way. This kind of reminds me um, my mom, she cared for my um, grandma. So her mother-in-law, she was diagnosed with um, ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease and it's a very, very, rapid degenerative disease. Um, and so my mom, I I just always think of it from like my mom's perspective right now. I think about it as my grandma, but like for her, it was her mother-in-law. So that's already kind of like a just more complicated relationship because you're not like a person's biological child. So my mom was her caregiver. And at that time I was like two years old and I was the youngest of four children. And so my mom would like take me every single day and she would, we'd go to my grandma's house and she would take care of her all day long. And so when I, I remember asking her like, what was the hardest part of that? For, Cause it was for years, you know, it's like, what was the hardest part of that for you? And she was just like, it was balancing the time between my family, like my young family mm-hmm. and the time that I spent with her. She was like, cause to that person, you're everything. Like you're their caregiver. You are their everything. And then to your children, you're everything. And then you start to believe that you have to be everything to everybody. Like you just don't have a choice. And that's when you get those narratives in your head where it's like, well, if it's not me, it's no one. If it's not me, it's no one. So then when you put yourself at that level of expectation, you will fail because you cannot be everything to everybody. It will not work. And so then you're just failing every single day when really you're doing your best and probably enough in most of those situations. So 
-hmm. when I asked her kind of like, what would you want other like people who are in similar situations? Like, what would you want them to know? And she said that she says, you can't be everything. And once you realize that you'll be better off, you know, that you can only do what you can do. And so I think that it's important to, um, like KJ and Jessica were mentioning, like recognize your limitations, reach out for support and be kind to yourself for what you're doing. Yeah, it can yeah. generally be a very thankless job. Mm-hmm. And none of us can withstand that without help or like Jessica said, offloading that somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so when I asked my mom like what has been key for her, she said it's making sure she maintains interests and hobbies and friendships outside of her caregiver role and making sure that she allows time for herself to be alone because I think when you're with someone caring for them 24-7 you need that you need some space you need time to regroup and it's amazing what even just an hour of that can do for a person so I think those are the things that can help just initially with some of that burnout. And then if you want longer term help, I think that is a really good time to go to therapy and just kind of have that long-term maintenance because there is undoubtedly going to be some trauma associated with being a caregiver. When you're seeing someone suffer, when you're seeing someone's body fail them, Mm-hmm. that is really hard and you're hit with a lot of feelings of this isn't fair and why does this person have to suffer in this way and that can all be really heavy mm-hmm. and so you need some space and time to process that with yourself but also you may need just some longer term help with that yeah and I think something that I helped um, a lot of the foster parents, and I actually had a few older clients who were like one, her grandpa actually passed away during therapy, you know, and what I had helped with these people is really grieving the life and the relationship that they thought they were going to have, especially when that caregiving happens because of like um, a, gen- a degenerative illness or um or because of like trauma or something that's just shocking and debilitating and you don't realize, I think you do have to take a moment and just grieve the life, the relationship that you thought you were going to have. Oh, I thought that it would always be me and my dad joking about this, but now he's been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. I really need to grieve the loss of that relationship. And it's okay to realize that it's, sad and it's okay to feel that it is sad and disappointing that things are not going to be easy once you learn that right and it's okay to sit with that now if you haven't grieved that if you're kind of like pushing it off and pretending that this isn't happening then just take a moment and like really feel the ramifications of that diagnosis or of your new situation of having someone move in so you can take care of them like really feel it be open with yourself about how it is a loss and that's okay. And then process it 
however you need to process it. But I think it's okay to accept that sometimes you have expectations and dreams and hopes for life and life lets us down and it's okay to be really sad about that, you know? Yeah. And taking that grieving one step further, it's grieving the relationship that you thought you were going to have with them, but grieving that time in your life that you thought you were going to have for yourself. Because I feel like that's also kind of like, say you have a young family and uh, a parent moves in with you and you're their primary caregiver and you have to dedicate a lot of your time. And you're like, well, I thought my life at this point was going to be more of going to my kids' sports and going on trips with my husband and doing all those things, you know, but I'm not doing that right now. And that makes me very sad. Or if you're a caregiver for a sick child, you know, I thought that our life or my life was going to be different. I was going to be doing all these things with my child and I'm not. And that makes me feel sad. And that makes, you know, it hurts that that's not my life. So it's okay to recognize that as well. So kind of like while you're exploring your grief, see which path your grief is taking you down and explore that as well. A really good illustration of caregiving that I've seen recently is that show Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Have you guys seen that? I love that one. Uh, her dad is diagnosed with this like neurological illness that it seems a lot like ALS. Like it's very quickly degenerative and he like can't speak and move. I think it's a, just a really kind of powerful, like wrapped in some comedy, but like a really powerful look at what caregiving can do to a family and a spouse and children Um, And then you have like the nurse who's caring for him. And I think like if you are a caregiver, watching that show can be like a good emotional release. I know when I watched it, like there were definitely some free flowing emotions. And yeah, I just think like if you want to talk to like salt of the earth people, it's caregivers. Mm -hmm. Like I just think they are some of the best people I've ever interacted with like so selfless and if you're a caregiver and you're hearing this and you're kind of feeling some of that like guilt hearing me say this like maybe just allow yourself to take this in and hear it that um you're amazing like it's a really hard road and it's a difficult role and it really is a lot of time spent grieving what you thought you were going to have but hopefully like it can also come with something different that was hard and it was really beautiful mm-hmm. like that relationship although it may have looked different than you thought hopefully there is something in there for you that can be really fulfilling and powerful yeah I think it's just kind of like taking that little piece of like all that guilt and maybe resentment and all of that stuff. It's kind of like allowing yourself to have a place to release it so that you don't have to feel trapped under it, you know, Mm -hmm. basically therapy. And truly, if you are finding that, you know, you are dedicating your life to this and not maybe your entire life, but parts of your life or maybe your entire life, just notice if you're starting to have those symptoms of burnout, like, you're feeling resentment towards who you're caregiving or you're feeling resentment towards other people who are living what you would classify as a normal life. And 
Notice if you're feeling irritable, if you are feeling more tired than normal, depression, anxiety, you know, just kind of these typical symptoms of burnout. And if you are, then really take a moment and create a plan for yourself to get help because there's no use in you running yourself ragged, taking care of someone else. You need to take care of yourself so that you can continue to take care of that person. And so notice what will help you. Okay, is it that I need more alone time? Is it that I need a support group? Is it that I need to go to therapy? Notice what it is that's going to be right for you and then put that plan into place as soon as possible. Don't be afraid to ask for help because the person you're taking care of has asked for help in some way, right? Just by being helpless, they need you. And it's okay that you also ask for help. Like, let's just have a chain of people helping people like a hundred people long. There's nothing wrong with that, right? So if you need help, reach out and find it. And we are always here. If you need resources, then send us an email. We are happy to help. You have to put on your oxygen mask first before you put on someone else's oxygen mask. Mm-hmm. Boom. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode. If you want to make sure you're getting these every week, that you're being notified of them, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps other people find our podcast who maybe need some mental health support. Adios. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com, and if you search thoughtspod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Bryich from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.